Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding liberal arts college. In this ninth edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year, we'll hear about a study that a couple of Monmouth faculty conducted. They examined how the Chinese, Iranian, and Russian media are covering the 2020 presidential election, and they took a rather unique approach to their work. We'll also hear from the two students who placed first in this year's moot court competition that was held earlier this month. How the Russian, Iranian, and Chinese media are covering the U.S. presidential election is the topic of a recent research article published by a pair of Monmouth College faculty. Writing for the nonprofit, nonpartisan website, The Conversation, Monmouth professors Robert Hank and Robert Utterback, along with Oklahoma State University professor Sky Cooley, report that the media in China, Iran, and Russia are closely following the U.S. presidential election and they're eager for a change. Robert Hank is a communication studies professor. Robert Utterback is a mathematics, statistics, computer science professor who teaches data science at Monmouth, and Sky Cooley is a communication professor at Oklahoma State. The Conversation is a great website. It's a network of not-for-profit media outlets that publish news stories written by academics and researchers and edited by journalists. In a nutshell, Robert Hanks says that he and his two colleagues learned that the media in China, Iran, and Russia, who are effectively mouthpieces for their respective governments, long for a return to normalcy when it comes to their relationship with the United States. We write in that article is, although there's a lot of similar criticisms of U.S. democracy or uh, criticisms of U.S. foreign policy, the big difference is how these uh, foreign nations are describing Trump and basically the instability that they perceive Trump to have brought about over the past four years. And so for these nations, at least, I think Biden, although maybe not perfect, will be more likely to bring that um, typical sense of normalcy or stability to the global order. Going into the study, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I kind of went in uh, waiting to see how the data talked to us about how those scenes were being reported. And so the level of, the, the lack of criticism towards Biden was the thing that was most surprising towards me. And the lack of criticism towards US democracy in general um, was also kind of different. It seemed like Donald Trump was very much used as the symbol um, in which, or the scapegoat that was kind of being sacrificed in all these criticisms about the US. What makes this research project unique is that it's an interesting combination of disciplines. Data science and communication studies aren't normally associated with one another, but as Monmouth's two Roberts demonstrated, it's a great example of the hard sciences and the humanities working together. First, Robert Utterback explains. It came across from just uh, friendly discussions, and I think around the time I was teaching machine learning class for the first time, um, 
Dr. Hink was talking about uh, some of the things we, he was doing and I thought, well, maybe I can um, apply some of the data science and machine learning algorithms to kind of extract some information um, and provide a little bit of assistance because there are a lot of kind of news articles and things to dig through. As Robert Hink points out, the research is a good example of one of Monmouth's goals when it comes to integrating different areas of expertise and knowledge. Her back and I go to a bar, have a couple drinks, have some ideas and everything. And then maybe six months, a year later, then we're actually able to um, hit the ground running, um, tying together basically this, this really good marriage between hard sciences and the humanities kind of reflective of what we're trying to get at here at Monmouth College with that, you know, value of a liberal arts degree. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and we are chatting with Monmouth Professor Robert Utterbach and Robert Hink. They helped research and write an article about how the media in China, Iran, and Russia are covering the 2020 U.S. presidential election. As is often the case when it comes to mining data, a lot of work had to be done on the front end, which is where Robert Utterbach's expertise played a key role. Because you don't think of these kind of algorithms as working with text or language very much, it's mostly working with numbers. And so kind of the first thing that we do is we have to turn every uh, paragraph or article or, or whatever you're looking at, we have to turn it into a series of numbers, kind of transform it into numerical data, um, and then we have various algorithms that can look at the, all of those articles as numbers and kind of see distances between them. Um, and it can try to find where we've got these kinds of articles um, all over here that are all near each other and kind of identify those as some kind of theme. And then we can look at what words and phrases appear most often in those. And the hope is that we can extract those and those kind of match up with the kinds of things that an expert like Dr. Hink uh, is reading and uh, seeing through those articles. Robert also says that the project was quite a learning experience for him as well. I mean, I learned a lot about the, the theory uh, and everything behind this. And I also learned about um, uh, once you understand the theory, then there's still a lot of engineering work that goes into uh, getting all the data and cleaning it up, which is a, um, what we are teaching now in the data science program as well, that data scientists spend a lot of their time having to clean up the data and get into a manageable form before they can apply these fancy mathematical operations on it. And Robert Hink says that this research holds a lot of exciting potential for researchers as well as for Monmouth students who are eager to work in the growing field of data science. Applications to this are really exciting um, with some of the projects that we've actually started to be approached um, by other organizations to help them solve some interesting problems. So one of the uh, projects that Robert Utterback has been uh, instrumental in over the summer is this large grant that we've been working on with the Department of Homeland Security's Border Trade and Immigration Institute. Here they asked us to basically analyze Northern Triangle, Mexico, and U.S. media in order to understand what are some of the narrative convergences or divergences when we're talking about migration. So in this case, um, when are we just you know, two ships passing in the night, not realizing that maybe we have more in common than what we actually uh, have. And so the DHS officials, they specifically wanted to know if we could provide some type of um, analyses using this machine learning 
so that they could better craft messages that would actually resonate with um, the Northern Triangle and Mexican audiences there. And so Robert is actually working on, <clears throat> uh, he's partnering with one of his students in the computer science program to actually write the online internet user face that the DHS officials will be able to use where they type in a keyword and then they'll be able to see all these different topic models or clusters of these similarities and differences, see the valence scores of certain words. And so then they can use that analysis to help them craft better messages. So the human element's still there, but the machine learning helps kind of um, uh, delve a little bit deeper, helps navigate through the terrain in terms of what you understand or need to understand. As Robert Utterbach points out, their research project is an example of how data science can be utilized by just about every major and profession. Um, data science is really about um, using math and statistics um, um, and the power of computers to extract information from whatever data you have, wherever that data is and whatever form it's in. Um, and so I think basically every field has opportunities and data that can be analyzed, whether that's text, whether that's images um, or anything else. And um, it's, it's not terribly difficult to kind of take, um, to come up with projects, I should say, um, that even freshman students could get involved with and after they take introduction to data science, be able to kind of clean up the data and apply some of these algorithms to and contribute to. That's Robert Utterbach. He's a mathematics, statistics, computer science professor at Monmouth College. You also heard from Robert Hink. He's a communication studies professor at Monmouth. Along with their colleague at Oklahoma State, they just published a fascinating piece on the website The Conversation about how media in China, Iran, and Russia have been covering the 2020 U.S. presidential election. There's a link to the article in the news story in the news and events section of the new and much improved Monmouth College website. Just point your browser to monmouthcollege.edu. This is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Mammoth's moot court competition celebrated a milestone this year as it turned 10 years old. This year's moot court champion was senior Joe Doner of Arlington Heights, Illinois. He competed in the competition for the fourth time. A field of 10 participants was whittled down to four during a preliminary online round that was held on October 10. Joining Doner in the final round was his classmate Gavin Gard of Danville, Illinois, as well as the juniors Alexandra Chamberlain of Canton, Illinois, and Matthew Datloff of Las Vegas. All four of those students plan to attend law school. The 10th annual moot court competition was unlike any of the others that preceded it, as it was held online via Zoom. Another difference was that it included a legal brief writing competition, which Matthew won. Joe placed second, and Alexandra took third. Political science professor Andre Audet oversaw this year's moot court once again. All things considered, Andre said that the 10th edition of moot court was quite successful. Well, it is a historic moment for us. We're very glad to have made it through 10 years of moot court and we're looking forward to 10 more years. We, when we first started off this process, we weren't sure what participation levels were going to look like given that 
this year, we also had the format change to an online moot court competition. Um, and so we did have 10 participants in the oral arguments competition. And we also had 10 participants in the new legal brief writing competition. We started that competition as a way to celebrate our 10th year and to give students more of an opportunity to participate in different ways. And we're very happy that a number of students took us up on participating in both the oral arguments and the paper writing competitions. As always, the moot court competition had a complicated case, but Andre does an excellent job explaining it in 60 seconds. This case dealt with a religious preschool that was wanting to get money from a state scrap tire grant program and they were denied funding because they were a religious organization. And so this case really pits the state's interest in maintaining separation of church and state against the interests of the church in being uh, able to participate in this public grant program. And so the question is whether the state's denial of its grant funding was a violation of either the free exercise clause of the constitution or the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. This is actually based on a very recent Supreme Court case, and so this is something that is perpetually before the court, and you may think that after all this time we've got everything figured out, but we definitely don't. There are lots of other issues that continuously come up year after year before the court on the separation of church and state and what role the Constitution outlines for religion in public life. You're listening to the 1853 Podcast. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and we're talking about Monmouth's 10th Moot Court Competition. It was held earlier this month. My colleague Barry McNamara wrote a story about it, which you can read in the News and Invent section of the new and much improved Monmouth College website. Senior Joe Doner, who won this year's Moot Court Competition, said that every year he's participated in moot court was a learning experience. I say that I learned a lot more about how, you know, legal argument works and how, how you need to speak legalese in order to, you know, argue properly in court. Um, I've also learned it's not as hard as you kind of assume it is. Uh, I remember my freshman year I went in and I was horrified because I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to speak properly. I, I just went in and tried my best and it turned out that I did pretty well. Uh, and ever since then, I've been able to kind of refine that and discover more and more about how to how to just talk like a lawyer and how easy it is when you have good uh, good tutors and good judges to help you along with that. Junior Matthew Datloff, who won the legal brief writing competition, said that he had the perfect preparation for writing a legal brief. It was Andre Audet. Actually, in I've taken two classes with Andre, uh, constitutional law classes, and I've taken a lot of uh, pride in my brief writing skills. Andre, at the end of each uh, semester, assigns, um, you know, assignments that, you know, you take a real-life case and you kind of brief it and come to your own conclusion. So I took those skills and brought it into this competition, and it worked out very well. Matthew notes that moot court demands a lot of work and focus, but in the end, it's very rewarding. I invested in it. These are complicated issues. Um, you know, there, I mean, some sides, some side of the argument may seem stronger, but there's always another side to the argument, and you really need to understand it. This is a great exercise to really learn how to think and think holistically, because in order to be strong in this competition, you have to understand 
the argument on both sides. You need to understand the cases that control the argument. And you should really know the facts and holding of those cases. So it's a lot of study if you're going to uh, be successful and be able to talk about these questions in depth in front of judges. As Andre points out, not every college held moot court this fall. Because Monmouth pushed ahead, students gained valuable experience. A lot of colleges canceled their moot court programs. We were very fortunate that we were able to go to a virtual format. Um, so we used Zoom to conduct all of our courtroom sessions, as many courts around the United States are actually doing. A lot of uh, actual courts are hosting arguments either on Zoom or by telephone or another virtual format. So I think this was a great experience for students who may actually be doing something like this sometime in the future. Moot court is only possible because of a number of people that help make the competition work. And so I think it, thanks go out to all the people, to our preliminary round judges, to everyone on campus that helps train the students and helps make the competition go off as easily as it did, especially with the virtual format this year. Really grateful for all the support that we've had in making this a great 10th year. That's political science professor Andre Audette. He coordinated and orchestrated a very successful 10th moot court competition earlier this month. You also heard from senior Joe Doner. He won this year's moot court. And you also heard from junior Matthew Datloff. He won the inaugural legal brief writing competition. Once again, you can read more about it in the news and events section of Mammoth's new and much improved website, mammothcollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this ninth edition of Mammoth College's 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer with the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy. Thank you.